What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Jake Goldberg subbing in for Matty D. We are talking college football playoffs, New Year's Six Bowls, NFL Week 17. We break it all down for you. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search for The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy all the football this weekend. Have a great new year. We will see you in 2022. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. No Matty D this week. He is living it up in the Dominican Republic. So I had to go international for my co-host this week, welcoming him, nah, welcoming him back onto the show. Already off to a hot start by me, but hopefully he can be on a hotter start. It is Mr. Jake Goldberg. Jake, how are you? G-Man, doing well. Thanks for having me up here in the great white north. I appreciate it. Pumped to have you on. Pumped to talk about some football. We got a lot to talk about. The college football playoff is this weekend. It's tomorrow. We're recording this Thursday, right around dinner time. So we got the Music City Bowl going on. We got the Peach Bowl, the first of the New Year's Six, starting tonight and then the rest on New Year's Day, which, of course, is a Saturday this year. So we're back to playoff games on New Year's Eve. It's been five years since we last did that. We got a busy week 17 of the NFL, the first that is in the week 18 system. So week 17 having all sorts of impacts, both in terms of the actual NFL and for fantasy. Not that anybody cares, but I'm in my fantasy championship, so go me. But let's start in college football, Jake. We had the playoffs this weekend. We have all the New Year's six ahead of us. What are you most excited for? What are you looking out for? And then we'll jump into the games. I am interested to see who decides last second to opt out. Okay. I'm sure we'll have a, I'm sure we'll have a few. Um, my college pick of the week actually depends on a lot of opt outs. Okay. Um, and I'm what I'm really trying to think of preparing for today, being on the podcast, learning just before, is the the idea of how would you ever stop that? How would you ever stop somebody from kind of taking the money and running. Okay. So that's a, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I was hoping you could tell me. <laughs> you mean in general, just like the players that we see that are like, I'm going to skip the bowl game, go to the NFL now at, with the added COVID opt-outs. For sure. Yeah. How, how do you stop that? I think the only solution is really make the games worthwhile. Maybe, you know, actually another reason for the playoff, an 18 playoff or, 12-team playoffs don't really get how the 12-team would work. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess expanding the playoff is probably the first answer of if you have meaningful games, obviously. The bowl game critic is that none of these games matter except for the playoffs, which, for those that don't like more bowl games, you know, you always get the, the PTIs, the Will Bonds of the world that say, we don't need more bowl games, they're pointless, blah, blah, blah. It's more football. Why are you complaining about more football? We don't get the full Saturday slate. Really, after Thanksgiving, we got, obviously, the college championships and 
Army, Navy, and all that good stuff. But it's it's more football. It's weekday football. Sometimes it's before noon football, which is always fun. But I guess uh, outside of that, to, to not have them, you're always going to have that of players that decide to take the money and run, as you put it, and want to just go to the NFL and, and roll it on there. I mean, you have it in college basketball of players that want to you know skip however many extra years, whatever the rule is, whether it's one and done, two and done. You can go straight from high school, whatever. You're always going to have those. So I guess we've heard throughout the years, really since um, Jadavian Clowney did it with his bowl game, and you had a few other guys do it too right around probably five years ago, and people thinking, oh, this is this is going to be it. This is going to be the death of bowl games. Nobody's going to want to play, and, and players still want to. Different sport, but back to basketball, you, you heard that with Zion when he had the shoe incident of he should shut it down, and, and he wanted to play. So I think you know letting the players have their sort of agency there and wanting to play, I, I think is the answer. I know it's not really a direct answer of how to stop it, but I think these guys, they've spent however many years, especially in football, where you have to spend at least three total years with a the team. They have their teammates. You played a college sport. You know, they, you build a relationship with, and you want to be there for their guys. So I think, you know, as cliche and not as of an analytic answer, that, that probably seems like that's what's there right now. Obviously, the transfer portal and all that kind of goes against what I just said in both football and basketball, but... I don't know, at least for bowl games, you still see a number of players come in. The COVID opt-outs are understandable, and obviously teams getting in and having them to back out, like Texas A&M, where you get Rutgers coming into the tax layer bowl. That kind of stuff is going to happen, at least right now, while COVID's still prevalent. Yeah, I mean, that's a good I, I really like this idea of subbing teams out, subbing teams back in, having everybody ready. The transfer portal, you're right, throws in an entirely different element. Um, I... I wonder I wonder if something with NIL, if you can have somebody, you know, you're cut off from NIL sponsorships or something, which wouldn't really make sense because they're going pro anyways. I think the only guy I can remember um, from years ago and he's still playing for Jacksonville would be Miles Jack, who opted out of his entire junior or senior year at UCLA. And he'd ended up being a first round pick and, and a stud. Um, but I think, it, you know, mentioned a good point of. I'm pretty surprised that these guys that build a relationship for three, four years call it in college football and then can just say to their teammates, no, I'm not going to help you win this game. I'm going to get mine. I didn't think that was going to happen as much as it does or has. Yeah. I don't know. At a certain point, I guess, you know, guys have their egos and all that sort of stuff you see in the NFL all the time. So who knows? I mean, hopefully it's something that as the bowl season and the playoff evolve and expand and go the, what I think are the right ways, whether it's 8, 12, 16, whatever, you know, hopefully that we see less of it and you hear more of these, you know, better stories and more opportunities and you get more stories coming out of it. Those heartwarming stories you always hear watching those bowl games between, you know, teams in the Sun Belt versus the Mac or something like that. So I don't know. We'll see it evolve and it should be fun. I think bowl season's been pretty exciting so far. We were just talking offline about our, uh, Various escapades through gambling, which has been uh, always an up and down, but that's just gambling. <laughs> that's why you do it. Yeah, exactly. That's why we do. Uh, as we're both quickly updating the Music City Bowl with uh, various bets on the line. Obviously, you, the listener, will know what happens in that, the Peach Bowl and the Las Vegas Bowl. So we, we'll start there. We'll start in the Peach Bowl where, again, you, the listener, knows what happened between Pitt, the ACC champion, and Michigan State, who takes in the at-large spot, I believe, is where they got in. And, um, you know, a game that should be fairly interesting. We don't have to spend too much time on it because, again, the listeners will know what's happening here. But, Jake, 
Anything you're looking out for in this game? Are you a, a Penny Kick? Kenny Pickett stand? Jesus, I'm really falling over myself tonight. But what are you looking for in this game? Well, Kenny Pickett is... I, I'm interested to see if Pitt's actually built some sort of program because we know Kenny Pickett uh, played amazing this year. I believe he's opting out. Uh, I think I, does, read. I think he has to, right? Isn't he? Uh, he opted back. He came back in. Or you mean for the bowl game? For the bowl game, yeah. Kenny Pickett's not playing. Kenneth Walker isn't playing. So it's it's really take the stars out of the game. I, I can't imagine Pitt is that good without without Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah, you're right, Kenneth. Kenneth Walker is not playing. I'm trying to see Kenny Pickett here. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see, right? Oh, yeah, Pitt, Pitt is or, uh, Pickett is opting out. But so, yeah, it's a really good point in seeing what Pitt's been able to build and what they've been able to do. But it's, I think it's something similar of, of Pickett coming into the season of wanting to be there for his guys and them having a team. They have a – I'm not going to try to pronounce Israel's last name, but their running back has been pretty decent – Jordan Addison's a pretty solid wide receiver. Obviously, a lot of that you could attribute to Pickett's play. But, you know, it's the same thing with, with Michigan State. This is going to be two fairly good defenses. Again, you can say what you will about Pitt playing in the ACC and not a strong ACC this year. But seeing what happens there and, and everything that can go through. But that's a really good point on seeing what happens through Pitt's tenacity as a program to see what they can do and, and where they can go in the future. It's a program with a long history and what they've been able to do. So we'll have to see what happens. Are you uh, are you excited? I mean, I guess I'm not going to ask for your pick right now, but I'm interested to see how a running back leaving the team versus your star quarterback Heisman quarterback or Heisman get vote getter um, will affect the team, right? Or imagine both these guys are in. What's the spread instead of? I'm looking at three and a half right now. It's probably more like four. Yeah, I have three and a half as well for Pitt. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it really goes down to Peyton Thorne, the the Spartan quarterback, and see what he's able to do. This is a team that at times has been pretty good through the air, but really has relied on Kenneth Walker to be a huge driver of it. I just think it's really going to be a factor of what breaks what. A Pitt defense that at times has been a complete sieve, letting up a ton of points to a number of different teams and having to rely on, on Pickett to guide them to victory versus you know a Michigan State defense that's pretty stout so I don't know it it's gonna be interesting but kind of a an a I keep using the word interesting but a intriguing there we go hmm. vocabulary start to the to the New Year's six bulls that at least good for the Big Ten to get another team in there to get get a little more money for them uh the ACC going forward I'm not sure what to think for them but I don't know it's gonna be a, a an intriguing matchup. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to uh, you know it's more football, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I think, it's more football. They're gonna put it on. I'm gonna watch it. Oh yeah, exactly. But are um, you going to stay up? Are you going to be? Are you intrigued? The word that you like saying right now. Hey. Uh, are you intrigued by the Wisconsin game? The beautiful over under of a 42. Um, do you think that's actually gonna be a good game to watch? Yeah, so this is a really this is a very intriguing game vocabulary hashtag um, where you get Graham Mertz, a Wisconsin team that had a ton of hype coming into the season. They're seven and a half point favorite on Arizona State. Herm Edwards and what he's been able to do the last couple of years, kind of turning that program around. This is you know kind of the Pac-12 in a nutshell, right? They're seven and five. The Sun Devil or eight and four, excuse me. The Sun Devils are coming into this season or coming into this game and an offense that at times has looked pretty good, but 
at other times has really struggled to generate points and be able to really come across. So this is something where Mertz at times looks really good, but at other times has really struggled. You know, they lost their last game against Minnesota where they had an opportunity to go to, to the Big Ten West Championship game. Obviously, Iowa lost to Michigan in that, and that's where we refined this Wisconsin team. But I don't know. I'm going to really be interested in seeing the Wisconsin defense and what they're able to do against a Arizona State team, again, that can generate some offense at times, but really relies a lot on the running game and doesn't really have that strong of a passing game. I know their their quarterback has outthrown Mertz, but a Wisconsin team that that can really get things going through Braylon Allen, you know, a program with traditionally great running backs in Wisconsin. I really like Wisconsin's defense, and I think Arizona State might run into some trouble there. I know they have some impressive wins and some impressive, uh, you know, feats on their schedule, but I don't totally love Arizona State in this game. It's hard to. It's hard to imagine that Arizona State's going to give them that great of a game. I'm really looking at that over-under number as a degenerate gambler on my side to say it can't be that low. Yeah, it's a college game with an NFL total, right? You think that's usually a sign of this game's either going to suck or it's a slam dunk. And I don't know. It's I just don't see where Arizona State generates the offense, right? Like, are you going to see that Ricky Pearshall gets a huge day out of the game and blows something over? I mean, this is a team that against really bad offenses in Wisconsin, they've let teams get maybe a touchdown. You know, Iowa's a really good example of that. They won 27-7, to granted, way back two months ago to the day. But still, you know, Iowa was a team that at times their offense looked really good. They got all the way up to number two. And against good defenses, see the, the Michigan game in the Big Ten Championship really struggle. And I, I feel like Arizona State comes into this really with that type of a pedigree. You know, they played in a, in a Pac-12 that was kind of weak throughout the season, and, and I don't really see it for them. But to answer your question, the over-under, I think it's low to be a red flag of stay away. So I'm not going to give you a sign one way or the other, because normally I love betting college overs, but this is when it's that low, it's scary. Yeah. I like that. I like that term red flag. You don't, that's, that's a stay away. Uh, again, it's on, it's at 10 30. I will yeah, it's be on watching 30. I, uh, yeah, my little quarantine. Cause I do have the Omicron variant. I, um, that's at the same time as the Flyers, although we are just talking offline that the NBC stream sucks. So if anybody from Comcast is listening, fix that. So maybe I have that going instead of the Flyers and just have the updates on my phone or maybe try to do it from my computer. But good God, uh, we're, we're getting a, a appetizer that's, you know, okay. This Purdue Music City Bowl is at least giving us something, but we're podcasting right now during it. But then we get into really a good amount of the meat for New Year's Eve, including the playoffs. We get the Tax Slayer Bowl. You mentioned it. Rutgers subbing in, which is going to be, you know, they, they come in with a big chip on their shoulder. They're 16 and a half point dogs. Wake Forest with a pretty good offense. You see anything in this one you like? I, I'm interested to see. I, I mean, I love watching the Wake Forest uh, offense play. But yeah. I'm not sure why everybody can't just emulate that spread and put up points like they do. But I love watching that team play. I'm interested to see. I'm not sure when Rutgers really subbed in, when they get announced, you know, it's like a week any, and a half ago. Was, so about, 
10 days, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, how long does it take to really prepare, break down your opponent? Well, every other bowl team, uh, uh, bowl game, you have, you know, about a month. You have three weeks, you know, who you're playing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, an advantage or a disadvantage. Rutgers, you know, maybe some guys, I don't know, put on weight or change their lifting program. Wake Forest has known that they've, you know, they're playing for the last month. So I'm, I'm interested to see, this is the first game, right? First game this year where a team is subbing in, actually subbing. Yeah. So are they going to be ready? Are they going to be, I don't know, you know, we've seen it throughout the COVID era of college football where we've had different, you know, games moved around and different opponents announced. I guess you could also make the argument they always have seven days in the regular season to prepare for an opponent. You're never looking ahead on your schedule. So, you know, Wake Forest, they're doing their same practice for offense, like you mentioned. And for Rutgers, you know, I guess you come in seeing the tape and the coaches certainly, as soon as they got that, were prepared. There's obviously the Christmas factor. You always hear that with bowl games of when they come back and when they're going to get ready for it and all that stuff, especially the post-Christmas games. So seeing that, but I mean, just to look at this Rutgers team, and this is another over-under that I feel like is is kind of a red flag. It's You hear about Wake Forest's offense, and you see 62, and you're like, all right, great, this is going to be a really great game. They've had a couple games go above 90, go above 100. But this is something, I don't know, Rutgers' team, in the, their last five games, they've only generated, I'm doing the quick math here, uh, 16-0, 38 against Indiana, and Indiana's not very good, 3-20, and 20, which is... Not a lot of points, so I I don't know. Wake Forest's defense is nothing really to write home about, but again, I think you're right of the, the time off. How prepared can they really come into this game to put up points and see there? I mean, 16.5 in college is you know a, a usual better team versus a not-so-good team spread, so I, you know maybe tease that down with something else tomorrow and, and get something fun, but that over is that, – that's also a big red flag to me. Interesting. Interesting. It could also yeah. be something where they throw up 45 and maybe let up two touchdowns, and there you go. Or no, that's only 59 points. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe there's some sort of some sort of uh, spark they get for a little bit there, some garbage time points that get you that that total. But I don't know. Maybe tease down the over with uh, one of the with one of the playoff games. I don't know. Which uh, who else we have? I'm I can't believe Central Michigan got this game. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, let's jump there because that's the next. Uh, why is that after the bowl game, the playoff game? Yahoo has the weird order of uh, chronological order of games for both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But yeah, the the Sun Bowl, Michigan Central Michigan, moving from the Arizona Bowl because Boise State got COVID, and now plays Washington State. They get a lot more money after the Arizona Bowl got canceled, um, in getting to play on a game that's on CBS, playing Washington State. And yeah, they're they're coached by Jim McElwain. Really good interview on a, a different podcast that we don't have to give any sort of shouts to, but I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to that one too. But a team that comes in that I think they're just ready to go and they've been practicing ready for a game. This is a different one where they're not totally subbed in. They just got moved. But I'm interested in seeing what Washington State brings to the table in terms of their rushing game because it's not great. By any stretch of the imagination, Mich- or I keep wanting to call it Michigan State. Central Michigan's offense, very good in the MAC, And it will be really exciting to see how they, they come out against a team in Washington State that 
at times had a pretty stout defense, but at times has been exposed. Granted, their most exposed game is against Oregon, a team that has been very good and played pretty well in their bowl game the other night. But we'll have to see what what goes on in this one because it's another one where the Pac-12 in kind of a weak year, you know, they they put up some points. So this could be an exciting game. I hope it is. I I hope it's a an exciting game. I always love seeing this. I love seeing the really the cross conference, very different style of, of play uh, coming to. You're absolutely right, Washington State. Again, this is Washington State. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, G. They fired their entire coaching staff halfway through the season. Correct. Um, so this is, you know, they, they're going into a bowl and their coaching staff has actually been able to maybe put their their plan in place and start moving some things around, putting their new offense in, whatever it may be. I, You know, you got to you have to give Washington State the uh, the advantage, right? I would think so. I mean, they're coming in as a seven point favorite. I, I want this to be a close game. I think this could be. Pretty exciting, but I think you're right. Their defense at times against a weaker opponent has been able to really put the clamp down and, and slow some teams down. They won the Apple Bowl, Apple Cup, pretty handily against Washington on the road. And Arizona team, granted, in a little bit of a lull, but still were able to, to put a clamp down on them. Again, Oregon, their most recent loss where they let up 38 points, but Oregon's a pretty good team and probably a step above the rest of the conference, despite what happened with them in Utah. Having said that, Central Michigan, it's just one of those things of, like, they played in the MAC, they put up a ton of points, they've all, they're have over 200 points in their last four games, but also over 100 in terms of points allowed against some of these teams, and I don't know, it's just tough to think that they're going to have a chance to really close this thing out. I kind of like it to maybe be close and then slow down the rush, but I don't know, the passing game is going to be fun, and... This is an over I do like, 57 and a half. I know that's a lot of points, but it could be pretty exciting. Yeah, it could be. That's a sneaky one where both these teams can put up points. And, and you know, again, you put a game plan in place and we'll see what happens. But anything else in, in that game that's uh, interesting to you? Yeah, I, I want to see really what the defenses do because these are teams that like we just said can put up points i feel like it's just going to quickly become one team tries to establish the run maybe that's central michigan's way to keep this thing close in the first half maybe to keep it close by the time the game is cl- by the time games in its final stages but yeah i i just want to see points i think this could be sneakily one of the most exciting games of the day i know we're about to talk about the playoffs and hopefully those games are good but the college football playoffs on New Year's Eve traditionally, granted sample size is only two, traditionally has not been that exciting. Yeah, this is this is maybe going to break it. I mean, I'll let you start here because you asked me first game, Bama, Cincy. What am I? What are we looking for? Yeah, so this is a, a matchup. Obviously, the first power group of five team in Cincinnati to make it to the college football playoff. So huge news there. Matty D broke this down pretty well when we first found out this was the matchup. It's a lot of personnel that show down here and see what ends up, you know, coming down that way. Bama without Michi still has a pretty good receiving core they have for the last few years. But Luke Fickle and what he's been able to do in Cincinnati and building programs or building the program out of that has been 
pretty successful at it. Now, again, coming from a group of five conference, seeing some of these numbers and seeing that they have the, the second best pass defense in the nation against the Heisman quarterback and Bryce Young, you know, really, where does that come to a head? What do you really want to see out of that? I'm really interested in seeing if Jerome Ford, the Cincinnati running back, can get something established to really kind of put the Bama defense on, you know, on their feet to start. But this is going to be something that, you know, I think Bama does win. And whether or not they end up covering the spread becomes a question of, really, can Cincinnati keep up with the the pass attack that Bryce Young is bringing to this? They still have Jamison Williams, who's a very, very good wide receiver. And, I don't know, to see their, their cornerbacks in Cincinnati and go against that is going to be a really fun matchup to see personnel-wise. But just in terms of this game, I think Cincinnati has to come out firing and come out hot to really keep this thing close. I don't know necessarily if the Cincinnati front four is going to be able to put the pressure on like we've seen out of some of these teams, Auburn, Texas A&M, what we thought Georgia could do and was doing for a little bit in that game, in the SEC championship, I should say. And then obviously they got just completely put on stilts and, and Bama took them to the cleaners. But I, I don't know if, if Cincinnati has the the firepower in terms of the big men to do that. And that, that's what concerns me about this game. I, I want it to be fun. I want to have a good first playoff game before we get to the, the one that I'm just going to be on constant heart attack alert for in Georgia versus Michigan. But I, I'm just having a hard time seeing it. Yeah, it's, it's funny that Luke Fickle already came out and said his team is not the better team. I, le- I like that a coach can come out and say that, you know, not try, well, you know, we can match up with them. He already pretty much said it's not the best team that's going to win this game. It's the team that plays the best. Yep. And to say that is is mature and, you know, obviously you got to realize that your team can't match up. Um, I don't know. I'm never – I'm not sold on a Cincinnati team, but you can remember I said the same thing what was it three months ago? I'm not sure if Matty D was on that show. And I said, Notre Dame was going to crush Cincinnati. And I was dead wrong about that. So I'm still not a believer in them. I think they've never seen a defense like Alabama before. And they're going, you know, they, they had trouble in the first half against Navy. So yeah. what are they going to do when they face, I, I'm not worried about their, their defense as much as their offense here. Yeah. That, and that's a really good point. And I, really am concerned on this they've had some close games they've had some close calls when their offense is humming it's great but if they're not getting it going this could be tough and I hate to just be in the chalk of you know it's group of five and this is why and the four team they shouldn't get in blah 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 but like they are undefeated they're a conference champion they deserve to be there and get to where they're at and I don't know I, I'm again I'm, I'm hoping for a good game and this is a team that really loves to put up points and really can get the ball moving. This is going to be a game that's either the over hits and Cincinnati covers and maybe loses by like a touchdown or maybe 10 points or Bama blows them out. And it's like 55 to maybe not 55, but like 45 to seven. And we only get 52 total. So it's really like, I feel like exactly what I just said. If we're going high scoring points, Cincinnati keeps this thing fairly interesting or Bama just completely shuts them down. And we, we're in for, you know, the Bama-Michigan State on New Year's Eve from however many years ago that was, and that type of stuff. And I'm hoping for the, the former. I really am. But my head's kind of leaning towards the latter. I mean, they, you're right. They do deserve 
to be here. I hope it's a good game. Um, as a gambler, I'm thinking about doing something a little bit crazy, but um, I'm hope. Am I hoping for a good game? I'm hoping it's a good game, but I am kind of on that side a little bit to say, you know, they showed up last year. But if you remember years ago when Hawaii had to play Georgia, you know, Hawaii was like the best yeah. uh, five team and they lost by what, like 50 or something? Yeah, they did the Haka at the start. They they tried to become the next Boise State. I think it was the year after the hook and ladder and they got completely smoked. So, some, you know, well, one thing, one side but of the defense say- wasn't as good as Cincinnati's was. Like, that's the, the Cincinnati defense is the X factor. And really, like, the secondary, I think, can get the job done. It's really just a f- matter of, and like, even Saban came out and said, like, oh, they have good guys up front. But, like, I need to see it. I'm not totally sold on it against SEC talent that we see go to the NFL in their trenches and bo- on both sides of the ball, frankly. But really, their offensive line we got to see what Cincinnati can do coming out of the gates, because if they get punched in the mouth hard to start this game, it's not going to be exciting. Do you think that, uh, well, we'll, we'll see what, um, we'll see what Saban has cooked up for them. Like usually in his semifinal matchups, they've lost what one semifinal matchup to, to Ohio state. Yeah. The, yeah, that's their most recent loss, right. Is, is to OSU. Um, and, but you know, that's OSU with the urban players and, and all that stuff last year or a few years ago. And so, you know, who knows, throw that record book out. College goes, yeah, you, know, true. All, you know, college football goes, goes by the wind every year, basically, you know, it's frankly college basketball does too, but who knows? I mean, this is a big, who knows if they really can or not. And I just, I'm not totally sold on their front seven and whether or not they can, they can hang. I think they can maybe make some plays in the secondary and Bryce Young is good enough to get around that, but we've seen him struggle at times, right? But that's usually when there's guys in his face. So if Cincinnati can get in his face, maybe we see it. Maybe we see them get it done, but I don't know. It's going to be, this is going to be a really fun one to watch. I hope that I'm able to watch the whole thing through and not be twiddling my thumbs at like five thirty, six o'clock, just hoping for the orange bowl to start. I, think it'll be a a good game if you're Cincinnati here like they're in a great spot they know that really nothing bad can happen here uh as long as they don't get blown out I think they're going to come out with um you know the Eagles old blitz package they're going to be sending safeties in they know that they can't rush for and just get to to Bryce Young so they're going to come out with some crazy blitz packages try to rush the ball out of his hands somehow and you know maybe hope uh Jameson drops the ball I guess yeah I mean that's really what you got to hope for is they have that slower start where Bryce Young like remember the Iron Bowl right where Bryce Young played such a shitty first half and like seeing like you have to almost hope for that but Auburn was getting into his face and he wasn't making the plays and then he made the adjustments he had that incredible fourth quarter so you got to hope for that and if you get that opportunity you got to pounce on it, not to be punny because they're the Bearcats, but you got to fucking take advantage if Bryce Young is slowing down. So we'll see. We'll I'm see. I'm hoping that for is... a good game, <laughs> but this one could be it could be a dud. Let's let's go into this with some expectations. If you're listening to this after the game has happened, I'm sure you're probably laughing because we're both spinning like chickens with our heads cut off. I'm trying to figure out a take for this game, but 
don't know. Hopefully it was a good game, and hopefully you were entertained. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I hope you were. <laughs> well, let's go to the Orange Bowl, Jake, where, like I mentioned, I'm going to be on constant heart attack alert for the Wolverines taking on Georgia. Michigan, number two, is a dog against the Bulldogs in Miami. Jake, what do you see out of this game? I don't even want to say because I feel I feel like you're going to cut me off and and throw me off the podcast. Because <laughs> I mean, how can you not have Georgia just rolling them? They had one bad game against Alabama. Uh, you know, Michigan, and I have a dog here now. But uh, Michigan, though they look good against Ohio State, I can't get out of my head that they don't have a quarterback. Well, I guess neither team really has a good quarterback, but you you can't. You, you, you know, it's like smashing water into a rock, it seems like, when you play this Georgia defense. A run-heavy team yep. against the amazing run defense usually doesn't work out well for the, the run-heavy team. No, you're exactly right. And uh, this is not anywhere near my pick, so you're not offending me by any chance. I, uh, If Matty D were on here, he might throw you out because he is the diehard who always picks the Eagles, always picks Michigan, blah, blah, blah. Um, complete Homer, <laughs> but um, I think you're exactly right of seeing what Georgia has to do with their quarterback play where Bennett played most of the SEC championship game. They weren't trying to use the two quarterback system. You think they're going to lean on him, which might be in Michigan's advantage. Maybe they try to bring back the two and see what you can do with Aiden Hutchinson and that front seven. That's been excellent in the last few weeks. And I feel like that's Michigan's biggest star to grasp onto is that their Michigan has been, their Michigan, their defense has been outstanding. And I think that's what, why, for one, this over-under is set at 45 for a college bowl game. But you're exactly right. The Cade McNamara factor really gets shoved into the forefront of seeing what this guy can do. If he can make plays in Jim Harbaugh's very, very liberal playbook that he's been using in the last couple games, in using him and using their other quarterback whose name is escaping me to make space for Hassan Haskins who's had an incredible stretch of games down here having said that we've seen Michigan have some trouble at times that teams that key into that the Michigan State game obviously being their one blemish seeing what these two defenses can do has me very excited I've been saying Georgia is the best team by far for a while so I can't really go against that of being a Michigan fan and wanting them to win. I'm hoping it's a close game, but this is going to be a game that whichever defense plays better as cliche of, is it as it is to say defense wins championships, whichever defense is more prepared to play is going to make the difference in this game. And one of those two quarterbacks is going to have to step up and be the difference maker, whether mm -hmm. it's Bennett connecting with some of his guys or it's, you know, the McNamara-Cornelius-Johnson connection really getting going or McNamara using his tight ends, like he used so well against Ohio State, something is going to have to go there. But you're exactly right. I feel like the rushing game on both sides is completely neutralized. Sorry, I'm mute there. Great point. Um, it's really going to come. You know that the defenses are, are going to show up. You know they've been prepping for this. They're going to show up, and it comes into the kind of quarterback make the pass. They're going to. You know, he's going to have somebody in his face. I feel like they're interchangeable. Is this one of those games which doesn't happen too often where you can take Cade McNamara, put him on Georgia, have the exact same result of putting Stetson Bennett on Michigan? Like, they're the same I think that's a good take. I think, like, it's like the old uh, 
the Bill Simmons, you could do you could switch Damon and, and Leo and the movie's the same type of take. Yeah, no, I mean that's it's pretty spot on. I mean, for I've never heard that Bill Simmons take, but that's spot on. Yeah. He has that he doesn't the only movie he doesn't have it for is The Departed, but he's like any Damon role you could put Leo in and it's almost the same movie, maybe a little different, and same with Damon doing Leo. He's more of a Damon guy, so he's always he always does it for Matt Damon, but he uses it for both actors. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. But yeah, it, it does. I think it applies here too, right? You have a still not sold on on Stetson, but I don't think anybody is. Um, but Cade McNamara has done everything to get the job done, and for this to be, what are we looking at? What are you looking at on your side? Seven and a half, and that has yeah, its seven moved. and a half. Seven and a half, and. Oh man, I feel like you just flipped my pick a little bit. I, I originally thought Georgia's just going to roll them. They have every single SEC team, SEC team, excuse me, that they played except for Bama. Uh, but Michigan always finds a way to keep these games tight. Even their loss against Michigan State, they really should have won that game. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Of like, Michigan keeps games tight. The over under, I think, is like Vegas knows, right? Vegas always knows. Hey, I feel like for this game, 45 seems like an accurate number. And that seems like they're either thinking Georgia completely neutralizes Michigan's offense and they're going to cover pretty easily, but it still goes under. Or it's just this back and forth, low scoring turnovers, maybe a couple missed kicks game and Michigan loses, you know, close. So I, I... I don't want to like make that my pick of Michigan plus seven, but it feels like, especially if the money's really going the other way, which that who normally gives me the, uh, the insights of where the money's going, but it does not for this. But if it's really going the way to, towards Georgia and that line moves anymore, maybe take Michigan. If you're uh, a smart sharp. Yeah. Always gotta, always gotta follow the money. Yeah. I mean that, that over under is also enticing. It feels like every time we look at an over-under like that, it happened to me yesterday, for those of you who are listening on, while we're recording this on a Thursday. So watching the Clemson game yesterday um, was not very entertaining. A lot of missed kicks, a lot of yep. run into the lines, a lot of, you know, some turnovers. Their pick six was pretty cool to see. The Clemson pick six was uh, a fluke oh, play. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a crazy play. But crazy. It's why, you know, it's why the – got to be paying attention you play to the whistle yeah yeah uh crazy kind of like the eagles pick last week was that last week hit off his heel oh no that was two weeks ago it's the, well technically it was last week but two two nfl weeks ago i guess the yeah. football team um all right so we have a number of other games on new year's day let's keep it to the new year's six games does that sound good just do the last three and then move to the nfl or do you want to just rapid fire through the five games well, rapid fire, Penn State, Arkansas, Penn State, two and a half point dog. Yeah, I um, I don't know. There's just something about Penn State that's been inconsistent for me. I like Arkansas a lot, but they've also burned me a lot on, in terms of gambling. So it's something their defense at times has looked really good. But I just think Arkansas has a has a pretty big advantage in this one. OK, OK. Uh, so another SEC Big Ten matchup in Kentucky, Iowa. Uh, Kentucky's a favorite here. Iowa's been so inconsistent that it makes me not want to pick them, but 
I don't know. There's just something about Kentucky and bowl games that I just don't like that. I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think on this one? I mean, I, hmm. I, I guess you, you got to give the advantage to, to Kentucky with the spread, but where, where is this game being played? Uh, the Citrus Bowl, which is in Orlando. Yep. Yep. Uh, I guess, again, maybe that's a reason for Kentucky in the South. Um, but if you're, I'm going to go the other, uh, I, I'll take Kentucky here. I'm going to take Penn state. Okay. I'm going to go big. And I'm going to go one and one there and split it up. Um, I don't think as we're seeing the sec is as powerful as everybody thought. Um, and but, the sec in non-college playoff games is bad in bowl seasons. So that's a good point to on your part. It, yeah, it, it's interesting to me. I'm, I'm more, I think this next game is the most interesting. It's not my pick, but again, the most interesting in Oklahoma State versus the traditional Notre Dame fighting Irish. Excuse me, um, Notre Dame, two and a half point favorite on my side right now. Oklahoma State depends on opt outs. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a very interesting game because of the opt out factor. So we can't give total analysis to it. But two teams, if everybody's playing, that have fairly stout defenses that can also put up points. So it's going to be a, you know, unstoppable force, movable object type of game. But yeah, without knowing who's playing and who isn't, I don't feel comfortable making a pick on this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. You Irish fans that wanted a little more, little more analysis there, but uh, that line could move a ton and Notre Dame could be waltzing to a victory. <laughs> It could, it could. I mean, I, I think every time I pick Notre Dame publicly, they've burned me <laughs> this year. Um, well, I guess they really only had that one loss against Cincinnati. We're talking to a team here. They handled Wisconsin with these. Um, I, I think in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, somewhat comparable to Wisconsin, maybe a more more a more mobile quarterback. Yeah, that's that's um, a good one. But. I, that that's the ultimate we'll see game of a, maybe that two and a half uh, point line is like you said, Notre Dame might roll them. Yeah, they could. I mean, if, if all the Oklahoma state players are playing, like this is a team that was literally inches away from having an argument to be in the college football playoff. So like maybe if they're all playing, they're all pissed off and go off. But I, I just don't know at this point. It depends. Gotta look, gotta look at the, uh, the report and i'm surprised nobody we're talking about opt-outs there's also that covid factor of that's a fair point yeah everybody in orlando everybody in florida so we'll we'll see about that i don't even want to bring that's not even into the conversation we're not i'm not going to go to the no, COVID no, we'll, route. we'll stay positive we'll stay positive <laughs> um all right so Thank another new year's six game the granddaddy of them all the rose bowl ohio state versus utah big 10 pack 10 Jake, you staying Big Ten strong, or are you leaning elsewhere? Of course, staying Big Ten. <laughs> I am as well. I think uh, I think the Buckeyes got embarrassed by their rivals. I think C.J. Stroud wants to show that he's still you know that that great, and he had a good season aside from you know, kind of a sloppy game against Michigan. But Utah, right? Like they've come out and they've shocked some teams. Their defense is really good. I don't think they're a Michigan quality defense, but we'll have to see if they come out kind of similar to what we were talking about with Cincinnati Bama, right? If they can come out and punch Ohio state in the mouth, maybe they can keep this thing good. But if they get 
punched in the mouth hard by whether it's Stroud, Henderson, or any of those other weapons that Ohio State has. This could be a long day, and the over-under of 64, I'm not loving. Not loving. I I think, uh, I don't know, the Rose Bowl always has that little magic. They put it at that perfect time, right, where it gets dark in the second half. Yeah, the sunset. Uh, sunset over Pasadena. I love it. I love it. Um, no, I think, look, Utah, in my mind, has only really looked good twice this season. They've looked great. This, that it was both times against Oregon, great matchups. They don't match up as well against Ohio State. And for that reason, Ohio State, not only going to cover, they, I mean, they might they might win this game by double digits. No, I agree. I totally agree with you. I think this is uh, – they're pissed off. They've been prepping for this since they lost to Michigan, right? They knew – they wanted this. They like. There's a reason. Like they put Ohio State, not Iowa, into this. They knew they, that Ohio State a draws so many fans, but b Ohio State's the best team, not named Michigan, out of the Big Ten, and you know they're gonna roll them. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think. Um, I just, I think you're right. Utah, they played two really good games. They have some pretty bad losses on their resume. Ohio State's. They lost to Oregon, who granted Utah beat, but that you know I think they're pissed off and want to play well. Uh, but keep it rolling. The Sugar Bowl is next, right? That's our last game. Correct. Baylor, Ole Miss, an interesting game. Two teams that uh, I don't think anybody expected to be New Year's Six quality, but here we are. Two teams that I think have something really to to prove of Baylor who kind of backdoored their way into this, obviously won the big 12 Mississippi who had a, a very good season and quietly stayed around the top 10 as you know, the, the season developed. I think this is going to be a really fun game. It could be excitingly high scoring. It's 55 is the over, which is a standard, a standard sec over and kind of a low pack 12 or not pack big 12. Excuse me. Jesus, Jake, I can't talk. You, you take away. I will take it away, and I will say that Ole Miss is going to roll them. Yeah, Ole I, Miss. Thank you. Yeah, but Baylor's not. Um, I don't think they're the same quality as an Ole Miss as this offense. Uh, you know, Lane Kiffin's going to take this, and it, really, the reason as of right now, I'm going to say that the last report I read, my favorite quarterback in college football right now is not Bryce Young, Kenny Pickett. It is Matt Corral. Um, who is not opting out, is opting in. And I think with you know with him in the game against a Baylor team, a Baylor defense that's looked good throughout the year, but not, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a Big 12 defense. Um, I don't really see a way that, that Baylor can win this game. I'm surprised that the spread's only one and a half. Do you think that's a little low? Uh, I think it's low just for the fact that Baylor's rallied to win a number of their games and has kept a lot of games close. I think the other side of it, too, is Ole Miss hasn't totally closed teams out. They've lost some games that maybe they should have won and has at times let teams back into it. So I think, yeah, they have a really good offense. Their defense has had holes at times, but I think you're exactly right that Matt Corral's really good and Baylor, I don't know, they've played decent talent and have had a really solid stretch to win the Big 12. But I just, I don't see it. I don't see, like, Abram Smith, is he going to be the difference maker? It's an SEC defense that really does a good job 
holding teams accountable when they try to have a one-dimensional side of things. And I don't know necessarily if they're going to try to play a low-scoring game, Baylor, they're just in for trouble. Ole Miss doesn't do that. If they keep it low-scoring, Baylor can certainly do this. But I don't know. It's something that if it's going over, Ole Miss is rolling this team. And if Baylor can keep them in this and really be sneaky, you know, sneakily tough, then maybe it goes under, but it's a you know low-scoring affair like they kept the Big 12 championship. That's probably where the line's coming from, that this team's been doubted so much. But I just don't see it. It's probably something that a lot of Texas money's rolling into this to keep this thing close. But I think the Rebels roll. I like that. Rebels roll. Uh, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Do you want to bump over to the NFL? Yep. So week 17, we mentioned it. It is uh, the 18-week season. So we now have week 17 usually having consequences, but everybody's playing. There's no you know, players sitting out to rest for the playoffs, all that stuff. We still got another week ahead of us. The NFC has five teams now clinched. The AFC still only with the one. Plenty of clinching scenarios. Jake, before we get into the picks, what are you looking for this weekend? Is there anything as a Giants fan that you want to see out of the G-Men? Is there anything that you're, you're just completely done with them? What are you looking for this weekend? I, I, yeah, I want to see the Giants lose this game. Um, I'm actually, I was pleasantly surprised that last week, you know, giving the Eagles uh, a little bit of a, a game in the first half and then ultimately saying like, I feel like, uh, Mara just called down at halftime was like, what are you guys doing? Let's <laughs> we're here to lose. Um, so I want them to lose this game. I, I want Saquon, Saquon to stay healthy. That's about it. That's yeah. all I'm looking for in this game. But the Eagles, the Eagles game, what can you see there? That's going to make you say, you know, Jalen hurts is, is ready for the playoffs? Um, That's a really loaded question because he at times does not take care of the ball very well. And at times, I mean, a lot of the time he loves to force throws. He did it against the giants. Both times he played where he forced throws rolling to his right, rolling to his strong, strong hand. And instead of just throwing it away, throws into coverage. Uh, The giants one was not picked off this past week, but it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, geez, the COVID NFL season has created time as a flat circle. But yeah, he, I mean, you got to see him take care of the ball better, right? It's been, he didn't end up actually having an interception because it got overturned last week, but the Jalen Hurts, will he throw an interception bet, has been underdog odds, so plus odds, every single week. And has, aside from last week, been a great bet to just throw a couple bucks on to see a nice little return. Um, Having said that, Devontae Smith has done a lot to really show the Eagles at least should have drafted him and what a good wide receiver can do, um, which really makes DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson really just more painful draft picks, but still, <laughs> or lack of draft picks. Same as CD Lamb in Dallas, but that was more of a how he didn't pull the trigger. To answer your question though, with Jalen Hurts, I want to see his passing game develop more, and specifically in the playoffs. Right now they'd be playing the Cowboys, who whooped them way back at the beginning of the season. And depending on what goes this week, we won't really get a good idea in their final showdown against the Cowboys in week 17, either the Eagles have clinched. I don't know necessarily if they could be totally clinched into the seed they'd be in because the 49ers beat them. So even if the 49ers lose and the Eagles win, they'd still need to win to not be the seven seed. In other words, um, having said all that, yeah, the, the Hurts ready for the playoffs this year. I think there's, you need to see him take like a couple steps forward 
to really have an idea if this team could really surprise teams, you know? Yeah, it's it's all about ball control for him. Not really trying to uh, not to do too much. It's interesting that he's getting picked off rolling right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's um, that's that's. I don't know. An Eagles fan, I think you guys should be just happy with where you are, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, like I thought they're, they were going to win like like seven or eight games. This is this is this is higher than I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to, you know, maybe go go one on one against the Giants, which they did. Maybe go one on one against the football team, which could still happen. And you know, or zero and two. Like, we all thought the football team is going to be a lot better, but um, yeah, I I had them like just under five hundred, and the fact that they could finish over five hundred is a win right there. And, and the fact that they're right in the playoffs because teams, you know, either weren't as good as we thought they were going to be, or really it's more that. And some teams took bigger steps forward than we thought they were going to. But the fact that they're right in the playoff mix is, is exciting, you know. And it, it's definitely you're exactly right. It's just be happy where you are. So the fans that can't be happy with where they are have to be New York Jets fans. Oh, yeah. Going to most likely get crushed against Tampa Bay. Um, you know what? It's at this point in the NFL, are you not finding it surreal? What, are we in week 17? Now? 17. 17. Is it a little odd that this isn't the last game of the season? It is weird, right? Because, like, normally we've had years where – Week 17 has been on – it's been on New Year's Eve. It's been on today, December 30th. And the fact that we're going into – it'll be January 2nd will be this weekend. And that's January 9th is week 18, which is normally super wild card weekend. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to think about, right? And the fact that the Super Bowl is going to be President's Day weekend is exciting because then you get the built-in day off the day after the Super Bowl, which everybody's been clamoring for for however many years. Um, to not – think of it in the to have this 18 week season and have the extra game it's weird that it's an odd number i think it's probably the strangest thing in my mind of that teams are going to go nine and eight or eight and nine there's not a 500 record stands for maybe the steelers you know obviously the lions could have done it but the lions stink um i think that's just the weirdest part of it like yeah you're right that normally you have the college football playoffs that lead right into like the nfl playoffs and the championship game and all that stuff but the fact that we don't get that and that we're getting an extra week, you can't really complain about because it does make – it makes kind of a weekend that – I guess if you're a college football fan, you're a little bummed out, right? Because normally this weekend would be really inconsequential in the NFL. But I guess if you're a sports fan, you get all the bowl games, the big bowls. You get – if you're a hockey fan, you get the Winter Classic. And then you still get good NFL football. So I'm not going to look the gift horse in the mouth that I get entertainment as I'm quarantined with all this COVID stuff. But um, it is an interesting feeling of how late seemingly the season's going. Yeah, it feels it kind of feels like it's been not dragging on. This is on this. This is the best part, right? These last few weeks, who's in it, who's out kind of the not the obviously the witching hour. It could be the witching week Yeah, uh, that we're coming up into. And, you know, this is when we're actually going to get to see. Who, who's who's a real team yeah. who's uh you know everybody's had covid it seems like everybody's had their injuries most of these guys are back most of these teams are fully loaded wouldn't say that everybody's out or you know somebody is slipping too far down um i like that there's a lot of good matchups this week like arizona and dallas which is going to be a great game 
and then you don't even have to worry about watching uh, a Detroit Seattle game whatsoever. Yeah, I might because that might be consequential to my fantasy chance. I knew you were going to say that. But, um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to take the risk on the Seattle Seahawks defense. Having said that, I think you made a really good point of the dragging on. I I think you're right. It ha- it doesn't feel like it's dragged on, but the eliminations have felt that way. Obviously, now we're starting to get a clear picture where there's at least one team in every division, the NFC, that's eliminated, and there's only three teams in the AFC that have been. And normally, even at this point in week 16 in a 17-game schedule, you get a lot more of that idea. Granted, a lot of that is going to be cleared up this weekend where you could have all seven teams in the NFC clinch. You, I don't know if we could get everybody clinched in the AFC. It's a little too muddled. But also, part of that is the fact that in the AFC in particular and in the NFC, but we have all these different teams that could be 8-8 eight and eight at the end of this week, which, granted... Some teams have not played their full division schedules yet. The Eagles have two to finish out. Some teams have played five divisional games, which is crazy that Arizona and uh, the 49ers, actually the whole NFC West, is, has been at five for a couple weeks now and it's been playing out of division games. So I guess it opens up those degrees of freedom. But that's a really good point of just the fact that in a year that we happen to have so many teams floating around that 500 record and the fact that we're getting the extra game on the schedule does make the... The ultimate result of it, right, seemed like it got dragged out, even though it's not. It's more exciting, and like you said, this is the weekends that we live for of seeing teams fighting for their playoff lives and going from that stand to being either in or out, being on the inside looking out and potentially having a place to fall out, a la L.A. Chargers, or being a team trying to claw their way back in after starting kind of a shitty season like the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, right? You saw that stat, I'm sure, this this uh, past week. First team ever to go on a – to have a seven-game win streak and a seven-game losing streak in the same season. Pretty awesome. Which it, it's insane to think about how a team can do that. Um, you know, it wasn't even like strength of schedule. They gave games away at the beginning oh, yeah. of the year. And I guess they've, you know, a little lucky to play the Saints when the Saints were missing their top two, three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks. Yeah, but you you know, you can't argue about it. It's not college where it's you're looking at the strength of win and all that sort of stuff. So you can't really you can't blame them for that. Um, But yeah, anything else before we jump into picks? What do we got for the what they schedule for Monday night? That's a great Monday night game. Or no, great. Yeah, Sunday night. I'm a Sunday night guy. uh, Yeah, the Packers Vikings, which could be, it's a. In division game, we'll probably talk about it in picks, but also uh, an Aaron Rodgers team that's just rolling right now. But you're right, a great Monday night game, or hopefully a great game, where potentially Big Ben's last home game is a Steeler. The Browns looking to really claw their way back in, right, Uh, after all sorts of COVID snafus and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know, we're going to have... I've said this to Matty D a couple times, the fact that the flexing on Sunday night football has been so great, but the the NFL giving ESPN actually good Monday night games has been a nice change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a little bit of give and take there. That's you're right. I didn't realize this is going to be big Ben's last game as a Steeler. Most likely. Um, I think, and I'm going to check this, but I'm almost positive And I'm, I'm looking at this right now that, Oh no, it was, it was next week. Uh, I was going to say the Steelers hosting the Browns was exactly a year after the playoff game, but it was January 10th was Steelers 
hosting the Browns on a, a Sunday night in the NFL playoffs since January 3rd this year. I was about to say of, of just how weird the NFL schedule can be of when the season can end and all that stuff, but never mind. Do, do you think there is a chance? I, I mean, I just kind of said it as a random thought, uh, as a mistake, but do you think there's a chance that uh, Big Ben could say, this is my last game, I'm going to play it at home in Pittsburgh, and I'm going to call it? I don't know, right? Because we keep thinking that. He keeps having like the ankle injuries, the arm looks dead, all this different stuff. He's going to play until he wants to, and I don't know if the Steelers just tell him, like, hey, thanks, but no thanks, we're going to move on, like the Chargers did with Phillip Rivers. So I don't know. It's it's really like I don't want to speculate on on a guy's career and when he wants to call it quits and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. A lot of people are acting like it is and, and what could potentially happen. So who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be a fun Monday night game to watch. Um, and yeah, we'll jump. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the the actual X's and O's of it when we get into picks. But hopefully, it's a good game. Over under forty one. Ugh. Which I see why, but ugh, still. Yeah, it's that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. All right, so flip a coin, G. Okay. Do you want the pick? Do you want the first? So normal. So I went second to last week with Matty D. Normally we give the guest honors of the first pick, but since you are the since you're the co-host this week, there's no guest. I guess you're giving me the pick if I want the first pick or second two. I'll take the first pick. I'll give you the the advantage again in second two. And with my first pick. I'm going to go with a game that should be more exciting. And I feel like we're going to hype it up. It's in the one o'clock slate. There's some pretty shitty games around it. Like you mentioned games. We don't need to really care about. Unfortunately, you with the giants, we don't need to care about the giants versus the bears uh, as the opposite game of this on CBS, or I guess there is another game of two teams fighting for the playoffs, but I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Kansas city chiefs. Bengals are home dogs plus five. The Bengals played really well last week and have had some real letdowns throughout the season. And I feel like with the Chiefs rolling the way they are, this is really cooking to be a Chiefs letdown game. I know their offense has been really good through the air. They've had a decent running game as the season's gone on. But as the season's gone on with the Chiefs, their defense has done nothing but get better and better and better. And I like the Chiefs to cover this five-point spread. And I like it by more by more than a touchdown, which is rare for me in the NFL. I just think Mahomes is, is finding himself into a pretty good spot. I know, again, I know Joe Burrow has played really well, and the Chiefs have struggled to get their running game really going. I know, obviously, injuries have been prevalent throughout their season, but I feel like this is the time that the Chiefs throw on the afterburners. So you're taking, you're taking the Chiefs as a five-point favorite. favorite. Yes. Interesting. That's a... That's an interesting. I guess. I mean, they can clinch the number one seed. Yeah, this is a don't. Um, this is a don't overthink it pick. This is a the Bengals okay. are fighting for their playoff lives at home, which is normally a good sign. But the Chiefs have been absolutely rolling, so this is a don't overthink it. Trust Mahomes. I love it. I love it. Um, I am going to go with. I don't think Jacksonville is going to lose by seventeen points. I'll tell you why. You can't lose by 17 points to the Patriots. They're not. <laughs> they're they're. Look for everything that Jacksonville has done wrong this year. They still have a number one overall pick in in Trevor Lawrence. They should have put the game away last week. Um, you know, new running back coming in with Robinson out. I I don't think they keep it tight by any by any means, but they could have backdoor cover here. Yeah, that's not a bad call. It's the NFL. They're pros. They're trying to fight for their jobs, right? 
you know, free, pending free agents, blah, 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 all that stuff. I do not hate that pick. Yeah. Okay. And most of their team, by the way, is, uh, are like pending free agents pretty much. I think Miles Jack might be like the only guy that's actually signed past uh, this year or two years from now. Sure. So most of these guys are, are putting on an audition. Yeah. All right. Brings you to the next pick. And we were just talking about that. The Miami Dolphins are rolling right now. Three and a half point dog against Tennessee, who's been the, probably one of the most inconsistent teams that uh, I've seen since Derrick Henry got hurt. Um, so I'm going to take the Dolphins with my second pick plus three and a half. Most likely would take money line, but I'll take the points at three and a half. I like that pick a lot. I think you hit the nail on the head of inconsistency on Tennessee's part. Having said that, they also, in games that you think they're going to have a letdown, end up blowing teams out. They also have had some games where they've been close, particularly against the Colts. So I think this might be a game where it still stays close. Maybe they end up winning it, but three and a half, you could just see a fucking last second field goal, and that's what makes the difference. So I I like that pick a lot. Take it. I'll take it. All right, over to you. Yeah, it comes back to me. Um, This is another don't overthink it game, partially because I hate the Minnesota Vikings. I'm taking the Packers minus seven. I think Rodgers, Jones, particularly Devontae Adams, are just finding their stride. The only thing that I would think could help the Vikings here is if they have a slow start, the the Packers do. But with all the different COVID stuff that the Vikings are going through right now, it's just hard for me to think they're going to put up a ton of points. And I think the Packers are just trying to prove we are not this letdown team. We're going to keep it rolling. And... I'm going to take them. I know that they've already clinched up their division. They're fighting for the number one seed. So I think they want to put an exclamation point in trying to do that. Mind that. I don't mind that pick at all. That's a, that's a don't overthink it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, there's partially a fantasy aspect to it, but I'm also going against Devontae Adams. So the fact that I have Aaron Rodgers may not mean a lot. So sorry, you have Adams. I have Rodgers and Aaron Jones, and I'm going against Devontae Adams. Mm. That's, that's It's tough. It's tough. That's I don't want to say a lose-lose, but it's um they're kind of negate themselves, you would yeah, think. It's like a covered call, right, in the investing world. That's what I always <laughs> think of if you're going against a wide receiver. Yep. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's something I try to do is try to find his quarterback, put it in. But, yeah. I mean, Rodgers probably got you there, so – Stick with him. He'll stick with Adams. For my next pick, I believe that your Eagles are going to roll the Washington football team. Okay. The Eagles have not played up to their stand. Again, people are paying attention to the first half of the Giants game last week saying, you know what, maybe they're not that good, and then they rolled. Right. That's all Philly has to do is get the ball out of Rager's hands. Like, Don't let him touch the ball. He shouldn't be on the field. Uh, what well, they did two screens last week that just <laughs> he just dropped. Uh, and when a they start drops all out, over the place in the first half, Goddard, yeah, fucking Miles Sanders had a big one before he got hurt. It was yeah, not good. So, so, but but you know what? The important thing is Hurts getting the ball out of his hand hands uh, quicker than before, and you know they're finding their groove. This is a must win here for Philly. Yeah, I mean it absolutely is right, and this is. This is a classic Eagles last second to last week of the season. They go down to Landover where I can't think of how many games the Eagles have had that scenario and they've screwed it up. And that's why I was staying away from it because I don't want to have an official pick of thinking the Eagles can blow them out. They also have had slow starts where their defense 
kind of lets whatever running back quarterback combo off the hook you saw in the first football team game where they were down 10 nothing quick but then they rebound right and the defense adjusts i think they've done a really good job of it i'm still not sold on gannon the defensive coordinator because he's had not a very good year although at times it's it's started to pick itself up again i think that's just adjustments there's some real professionals that do their job and and do a great job with it darius slay being a big part of it so i like the pick as a homer but you know, we'll, we'll see what goes. I'm cautiously optimistic about that game. I, I think they can. I think they can. I think they can roll here. Yeah. Uh, Washington missing a lot of a lot of players. You really just got to shut down Scary Terry, and that's about it. Yeah, that's really about it. Scary Terry. Jeez, another anti-Philly name. Um, <laughs> Terry Rozier of the Celtics, for those that don't realize that. Uh, comes back to me, and there's some big spreads here that – I can I stay away from them for now. You know what? I'm gonna go with one. Uh, no, actually, I can't stay with it. Indianapolis Colts hosting the Las Vegas Raiders, six and a half point home favorite. Raiders really in a tailspin throughout the end of the season, and trying to figure it out. Just announced Darren Waller, who hasn't played in a number of weeks, but he's out for the year. Uh, almost a formality there. The Raiders have been so inconsistent on offense. Their defense has been good at times. It's been horrific at times. Um, they've won their last two games, really slowing down teams without very good quarterback play. That Cleveland game being one of them where uh, the Browns still almost pulled out the win there. And then Denver where Teddy Bridgewater uh, gets hurt and Drew Locke has to come in. And Or no, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt two weeks ago. Again, time's flat circle. But Drew Locke, not a very good quarterback. Um I do not trust the Raiders here. I think the Colts have been rolling. I think Jonathan Taylor can completely decimate this Raiders or defense. And I'm going to take the Colts here to cover a big spread. I know Carson Wentz and all the stuff with COVID, whether or not he's going to play or not. It sounds like he's going to with the five-day quarantine stuff now. But basically, their offense has been give the ball to Jonathan Taylor and have Carson Wentz not screwed up anyway. So I'm still going to trust the Colts here to cover this spread mainly because it seems like the Raiders have given up. More of a psychological pick there than anything else, right? On what, on what regard? I, I mean, just saying that the the, the Raiders are going to give up. The oh, Raiders yeah. have given up. They're yeah, yeah. done. They're pulling their best players. Uh, and I, I, I think you mentioned something at the beginning where you're saying, hey, you're looking at teams that are going into a tailspin versus maybe a team that's starting to find its groove. And that's why I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to cover against the Arizona I almost Cardinals. said this too. Yeah, that's a really great pick. I mean, uh, look, what the hell has happened to the Arizona Cardinals? Ever since Hopkins went down, they just find a way to lose games. That's what it seems like. Yeah, they really have. I mean, they, they've played so inconsistent, and Kyler Murray looks lost at times. I mean, that game against the Colts on Christmas Day, he just really couldn't figure it out. They couldn't kick the ball for shit. Matt Prater missed like two field goals and an mm-hmm. extra point. And I mean, it, it was all over the place. This team looks completely lost and their defense really bad over the last couple weeks. And Dallas's offense has done nothing but get better and better as they've been getting healthier and healthier. And yeah, I mean, six points is right. It seems weird for how good the two records are, but tailspin is putting it nicely for what the Cardinals have been doing recently. Yep. It's just um, also like a, are they going to pull themselves out of it? Kind of like thought process. So that, that was another part of it for me. My, 
my thought is how like what what would make me think that they're going to pull themselves out of this there hasn't been a glimmer of hope it's not like they're getting somebody big back or um you know really anything has changed and you're coming to a cowboys team yeah i i understand that they haven't played kind of the best opponents but like you said it's 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 more about how your offense is clicking how defense we see like micah parsons who is my uh NFL defensive player of the year. Um, he's finding his group. Everybody's finding their groove on Dallas. Everybody's healthy on Dallas against an Arizona team that's missing by far their best receiver and has been, haven't been able to find a way to pull themselves up. So I think it's a pretty easy pick. Um, Dallas is, should roll them here, but no, I, you know, I, is the I, NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's the NFL. Like do the Cardinals pull themselves up by their bootstraps I don't know. I am just, I like the Dallas pick. I may not even pick it in terms of gambling or the pick em league I'm in, but that's a, I, I like that a lot. It's, it's another one that just don't overthink it, right? Like it's the NFL. Like maybe they keep it close, but don't overthink it. Absolutely. All Comes right. What do you got? Me. I circled this almost for my last pick and I, it's a huge spread and they're, Last two games are telling me to do the opposite, but I just can't think that the Houston Texans continue to play as good a football as they've played the last two weeks. Granted, two weeks ago it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had just fired Urban Meyer, and you, know, you thought maybe they'd play for their coach and all this, and Davis Mills has looked kind of decent. He's hitting Brandon Cooks for some big gains, but again, I just can't think that they're going to continue playing as good a football as they've played in the last two weeks, their defense has been very good and has put up a ton of points in terms of literally fantasy points or literally scoring in either a pick six or returning kickoffs, but they've scored 71 points in the last two weeks. I do not see them getting higher than I, I, I just don't see their offense really taking off again. And the, the 49ers they're on extra rest. They lost that game that they really just let slip away against the Titans last week on Thursday night football. And I think this is something they have some rest here. It's just 12 and a half points, which really, I was going to go Houston plus 12 and a half, but again, I just can't see them playing that good of a game where it's the end of the season. They should shut it down. And I'm going to take San Francisco here. I don't really like the pick, but it really just feels like one team's moving towards the playoffs and the other shouldn't be this be playing this well you know they shut down a, an la chargers team that really they had no business of beating and beating that badly but even the chargers started to score some points towards the end of that game and it was a crazy fourth quarter so i'm gonna take the 49ers here because i think the texans gotta run out of gas yeah they they've definitely played outside of their means call it yeah they they're not that good of a team. No. Uh, Davis Mills is not a pro bowler by any means. And for one reason or another, they've, they've, they've what escaped uh, against Jacksonville last week. They really should have lost that game. I'm not even oh, going to yeah. count that. <laughs> uh, but I guess you do. So back over to me and I hope it happens. I hope the bears cover the six points. It really doesn't matter either way. If you think about it for the giants, because what we have the bears pick. So Either way, it's a, a better draft pick for us. So but I think you're taking Bears plus 
six. No, Bears. Bears, Bears are minus six. six. Point. Yeah, yeah. Bears minus six. It's it's funny to say. It's hard to say. The Bears are a six point favorite, and I think that they're going to cover. But if you've watched this New York Giants team like I have this year, they're awful. <laughs> they're. I think your question before is, what are you looking for out of the Giants? Like there is nothing to look for. Make sure Saquon's knees stay under him, and what else can you hope for? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, the point, right? It's like your quarterback play has been not good. Saquon just hasn't been able to figure it out. The offensive line, too, has just been so bad for the Giants that, like, you almost want to think, like, do they just shut it down against a Bears defense that's been good at times and that could maybe really make some plays? And if you try to, like, funnel it all through them to make some sort of upset or, or something here, I don't know, is it is it worth it? You're right, the, the Bears have your draft pick, so there's something. But I don't know, this is a game that, like, Maybe it stays close because both teams' offenses are kind of anemic, but the Giants' defense has not been that great. Maybe the Bears have something of a spark of hope of the future for their offense, but, you know, they have all the different stuff with their quarterbacks and all that, so we'll have to see. It's, um, yeah, there's really not much to watch in that game yeah. anymore. I'm, no. I'm done, done with the Giants for the year, already prepping for the offseason. Interested to see. I mean, Fields didn't play last week. Not sure if he's going to be in this week, but I honestly think Chicago is, might be better at this stage with a with Nick Foles yeah. rather than Fields. So if, if Foles plays again, yeah, the Giants should get beat by, by much more than six. No, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, so it's me for the last pick. There's some big spreads out there. There's some games we didn't talk about. Oh, man. Um... I'm going to go with that game we let off with talking about in a team that everybody feels bad for, the Jets. I, I was going to maybe try to go, like, Big Ben's last game, take the Steelers plus three. I'm going to go with the, the Buccaneers minus 13 against the Jets. I've taken all favorites, which I hate, but you're exactly right. The Jets don't really have anything to hope for there. A Tampa Bay defense, that's so good. Tom Brady could literally throw the ball three times like Mac Jones did against the Bills, and they'd still whoop them. Yeah, you know, I know they're still a little, a little sh- small at running back with Leonard Fournette being out. But we saw it last week with Ronald Jones having a good game. Their backup having that huge run. I just don't see the Jets coming anywhere close to sniffing covering this line. It just, I hate taking double-digit point spreads. I've taken two of them, but I feel way more confident in Tampa Bay than I do in the LA in the uh, LA pick. I mean, it's a pretty. Oh, I, pick, excuse me. When you talk about it, don't overthink it, uh, picking against the Jets is a pretty easy way to do so. Yeah. And again, it's, like, it's the same thing. It's the end of the season. Like the Jets should be shutting it down, not trying to get anything serious, like any serious injuries or anything like that. Like, just shut it down, cut your losses. You had a win last week, and be happy. Perfect. Perfect. So is that. I think I lost track. Is that five? That's five. Four? So let's That's um. Five. Well, let's do our college pick, the official pick to put into the uh, into the record books, and then we'll talk about the. We had a couple, or we, I guess we kind of talked about a couple of those other games. If we want to talk about them at the end. I am getting the dinner bell, so I get about a dinner bell. I got Sarah yelling at me. Is my dinner bell now? That's awesome. Um. <laughs> but here's the the lock of the week. Now again, if I could sell this, I would. I uh, have my, my dad or somebody Venmo me some money for this pick. Uh, it's easily going to be, if everybody hears the passion in my voice, it's easily going to be Ole Miss rolling Baylor. Po- yeah. Point and a half. That's an easy one. 
I like that pick a lot. We talked about it before. I just, I don't, if Baylor can keep it low scoring, maybe they find a way to keep this thing close, but I don't see it being low scoring. Um, for me, my college pick for this week, I'd love to go into the playoffs, but both spreads I don't totally love. Uh, I almost talked myself into Michigan, but I'm going to go Ohio State minus four. We talked about it. I just don't think Utah has the snuff to, to really hold a candle to Ohio State in this. Easy does it. Easy yeah. does it. I mean, that's uh, that's a an easy pick. Yeah. All right, so you got to roll, but any other final thoughts as we wrap this thing up? Final thought. Um, I think we coined the term bubbleize in our offline chat. <laughs> they need to bubbleize everything that they can. NCAA tournament, they should have done it for the World Juniors. Trying to think what else they can do it for, but uh, JJ and G-Man have coined the term bubbleize. <laughs> yeah, uh, for those that don't know what we're talking about, the World Junior Championships for hockey got canceled after a couple days of starting because they did not uh, sequester away the teams into any sort of bubble, which is unfortunate. Really great tournament. Obviously, the U.S. defending champions, but they get to be defending champions for one more year, so there's the silver linings. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with everything with Omicron throughout all this. Don't want to end on a somber note, but, yeah, everybody stay safe. I have it. Don't really know how I totally got it somehow around Christmas, but uh, stay safe, all that good stuff. But Jake, hopefully we get good news out of baseball. Hopefully the lockout ends soon. So hopefully we get something there. Hopefully the Flyers point streak continues. So there's some positives. There's some positives. Point streak is going to continue. Gee, you're going to test negative one of these days. Get out of quarantine. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I agree. Everybody stay safe. Maybe maybe you should bubbleize. That's maybe what you should yeah, do. Yeah, bubbleize. Bubbleize everything. <laughs> except for when I go – oh, I'll bubbleize in Jamaica. When, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well thanks for having me on g i really appreciate it and uh, uh stay safe to everybody out there of course thank you for coming on jake everybody go subscribe to the podcast the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods subscribe uh, or follow us on twitter thunder blg i'm gonna try to tweet more in the new year have a happy and safe new year everybody follow us on instagram thunderblog sports there but for jj i am the g-man have a great weekend everybody and fly eagles fly